0: calling all my island women with big dreams in your heart ambitious goals and a purpose that's been left untapped welcome home you're in the right place welcome to beyond the reef podcast with me uilani Tevanga. my intention is to empower you to get unstuck find your voice and create a life of purpose from mindset and money to marriage for the driven island woman will inspire you to draw from the mana and ancestral wisdom deep within so you can go beyond the barriers you think are keeping you captive. I want to help you completely rewrite your future. I know you have everything inside of you. You are ready to tap into a life that you once believed was impossible. As a wahine, as a wife, as a mom, as a powerful businesswoman, you are ready to go next level to create the life of your dreams, to take ownership of your cash flow and to create a freedom that other people say you can't have, to be the person you've always known you could be, not settling for anything less. It's time to go Beyond the Reef.
1: Aloha, everyone. I am beyond excited for today's episode. We just hit 10,000 downloads worldwide and there was no one else I wanted to have to have this celebration episode than someone who has been very near and dear to my heart, who has been the voice, the background to growing up, to dancing, to different seasons of growth, and I want to introduce you to the one and only Natalie Aikama'u. She is a wife to Iolani, she is a mother of two and a grandma, a Lala, like she likes to say, of three and she is the 1990 Miss Aloha Hula, an eight-time Na Hoku Hano Award winner. She was the female vocalist of the year for 2006, 2009, 2012, 2016, 2020, a total of eight awards. And she is the Kumuhula with her husband Iolani for Hula Ili vai Tokyo Nagoya Osaka and opening this fall in Yokohama. She is the Kumuhula of Blossoms Hula Studio and also a Sunday school teacher and let's not forget a Grammy nominated award artist and so Hang on to your hats. This episode is going to be so amazing. I wanted to interview Natalie because I've watched her evolution and growing as one of the most powerful, influential artists here in Hawaii and throughout the world and kind of talking about where she gets her confidence, her inspiration, and how she manages to have a strong relationship with her husband, as well as being such an influence to so many wahine out there. So hopefully you take some notes. But hi, Nad. Thanks for being here.
2: How are you, Ui? So nice to I'm well. In this space and time with you. Yes, it's such
1: a blessing, and I'm grateful for for you. So I kind of want to ask you, what was your very first introduction to music? Oh,
2: I think it must have been in the womb, though, um, because my my daddy always sang, and my mommy always danced. And thinking about my childhood, music always surrounded us, like at all times. My dad would come home from work and he would pick up his ukulele and he would sing. And if my mom was cooking in the kitchen, then she'd come out of the kitchen and she'd dance hula with him. And if it was time to clean the house, then she would put on all of her favorite albums and we would sweep and mop and vacuum and dust to her favorite playlist. And when people came over, there was always music, whether it was on our stereo or if people were singing. So probably in the womb and uh, definitely an inspiration to like everything that I think about today. It begins with music.
1: Amazing. How old were you when you discovered that, oh, I think she has a great voice. Did someone ever tell you like, Natalie, you have such a beautiful voice or did you kind of just start singing and over time.
2: (laughs) Okay, so honestly, I thought I was going to grow up to be a hula dancer, and that was that. Mm -hmm. And then when I was 15, out of desperation, my dad gave me a ukulele and told me on a Monday night that we had a show on Friday and began teaching me chords and trying to teach me like an alto part to him, but he's a man. So yes. some of the notes were like too high or too low or anyways, he started this on Monday and our show is on Friday. And you would think that if he was just gonna throw the ukulele at me, that it would be for some nails show, but it wasn't, it was for the Democratic <laughs> Party of Hawaii. Oh, wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And I was horrible. I was like seriously horrible. Um, He told the sound man to please turn off my mic. And he said, You don't have to even plug in her ukulele. And literally, it was horrible. And I thought, Well, then, yay! I don't ever have to do this ever again. and then, like, he said, okay, so our next show is... And I'm like, wait.
1: Our next show
2: is. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I thought, you know what? The next show, I also sucked a big one. So I, I, I was thinking, I am going down the perfect road because I get to go back into the line and be a hula dancer again. Uh, and that, like, literally never happened. <laughs> and it was only when I ran for Miss Hula that... I found my voice.
1: Amazing. What was yeah. that moment? Where, when did you know that this was gonna? This was my calling.
2: Um, okay. So my parents asked Kaupena Wong if he would help to train me with my oli, which is a which is a chant that mm-hmm. is a requirement, and he gave me a, a cassette. And words and he chanted it and I'm going to say this again he's a man and I'm not a man so his pitch is very different from a woman's pitch and so I listened to him a few times and then I would go into the car and I would turn on the radio till it was blasting so that if I chanted, I couldn't hear myself and i yeah. chant and chant and sing and chant and chant and drive and not listening to myself. And it came two weeks before Mary Monarch, which is the competition that Miss um, Alohula is named. And my dad was training me in my kahiko, which is my ancient dance. He asked me, okay, so are you gonna chant for me? Let's hear your Oli. So I said, okay. So I stood there and I opened my mouth and nothing came out. <laughs> and he said, okay, well, let's try it again. Okay, from Pearl City, Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> nothing came out. And we, I think we did that for about 20 minutes. And there was a lot of crying on my side. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, of all the people that love you and want to hear you right now, it's me. I'm your teacher. Just forget about me being your dad. Just think I'm your teacher and I have complete faith in you that you Mm -hmm. can do this. So just try. And if if we need to fix something, not then we have two weeks to fix something. So I took a deep breath and I did my only for him, and at the end he was quiet, and I thought, "Oh, I'm a big <laughs> tree." <laughs> and then he said, "Where was this voice for all of these years? Like mm. you stood next to me and not sang." but I can hear now that you have this, this powerful voice. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I don't, I don't know. But that was like the moment where I thought, okay, maybe I can be a better singer. Maybe I can stand next to my dad and be a better alto to him. And I was his backup girl for like seven years. He didn't give me a lead part till much later. And, um, people would tell me, oh, you have a nice voice. like, oh, and then they would turn to my dad and then they would say, oh, Howard, your voice is <laughs> beautiful. And then I really, really thought this is my thing on earth. I'm supposed to be like my daddy's backup girl and I can totally be his backup girl. Then one show someone said, natalie you have a beautiful voice mm. and they turned to howard and they said oh howard you did good too
1: <laughs> my then
2: then the tables turned <laughs> I was like, hold like i i got the compliment this time and my dad totally made note of it in the car he was like oh so now they're telling me you got the beautiful voice <laughs> well it was just the first time dad it was, not like but it stuck, like, stuck well,
1: with you. Yeah, stuck. and I took that deep breath when you said, and I took a breath. Yeah,
2: yeah. and I began to work on it. It wasn't like I really think that I was born with this, or maybe mm-hmm. I was, and I just needed to find it.
1: You had a decision, and you allowed yourself to be seen and to be heard, yeah. and all that power... And that voice that we hear that moves rooms and brings people to tears. That's so incredible. Thank you for sharing that. So, then when you got your lead and you started to be the, the lead vocalist, when did your career path start? So, you went from backup auto. Turn down Ukulele to now you get to take the lead. Where was where was your career kind of beginnings? Because I know I obviously know the story and I've seen the growth, but where did you play
2: and what was the beginnings of your career? So I I was I was playing music in Waikiki pretty much out of desperation to pay bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a stroller so that means you like you go from table to table and you sing and the pay was really low but they always said you know there's a chance that you can you know make tips and right we basically lived off of the tips
1: <laughs> and I is this I did- before you I- met your husband or after you met your husband
2: after after okay. and when when we got married, he just jumped in and he became like the third part backing up my dad. And to this day, he's waiting for his lead. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but we began to stroll in Waikiki and got plenty compliments from visitors. Mm-hmm. And the coolest thing is that like, you can sing for these people and you're never going to see them ever again in your whole entire life. Right. So you can try anything on them. So we were, you know, thinking of new songs to do. And then we just like test the waters with the visitors <laughs> and it began to work. But still, I never thought I'm, I'm going to be a, like a recording artist. and. Actually, like I was really happy being a stay-at-home mom during the day and then mm-hmm. skipping out in the evening times and singing in Waikiki. And um, I saw a midweek, which is like this this newspaper that is sent to your house. And I never signed up, but the newspaper was It's mostly for ads, but on the front cover, Was the leading female vocalist of Hawaii at that time, and I looked at her and I thought, Amy Hanayeli, she's so amazing. And I read the whole article, and in the article it said that we were the same age. Wow, and that like really hit me. Like, wow, we're the same age, and look at what she's accomplished by this time of her age. And um, I I looked around my little apartment that I lived in, um, thought of my children, thought of my husband. And when he came home, I told him, I want to be a diva. And he said, what are you talking about? I didn't say I want to be a singer. I didn't say I want to release a CD I said I want to be a diva and he started laughing he said but you already are and I said no (laughs) no like a real real diva and Mm -hmm. he said oh okay I kept on saying I want to make a CD I want to make a CD and we were partners it was difficult for him to then stand back he said, but I thought we were a duel. And they said, right. well, we're still gonna sing together. We're just gonna use my name and yes. me. And he said, well, why can't we be a group? And I said, well, at this time, and I began to name like all the heavy hitter groups. And I said, I don't think like we can compete as a group with all of these other groups who are so established in Hawaiian music. I said, but I think, I think there's a puka for a female. If you look at the females, there's so little of us. Mm -hmm. So he said, oh.
1: Why do you think that is? Why do you think there's so little females in the recording space? Well, at that time or even now?
2: Even even now, there's so many talented women out there. And I really just believe that they needed something. We all need something. To make us take a stand and say, I want to be whatever it is we want to be. And just by chance, I didn't always read the midweek, but I did that week. And it was literally life-changing for me. Amazing. So there was a puka. Just so happened there had to be a puka and I walked through the puka. It was perfect timing and... I acknowledge Amy all the time. I look at her all the time and still think, you know what, um, I'm not the same as her. I'm not at her level. I still think that, I st- it still takes me back to that, to that moment where I read about her and had to take a stand, take another breath, and then to say the words, I want to be a diva.
1: Was really- I want to talk about that because, like you said, there's such a difference between being a diva, deciding. And if I know you can't see, Natalie, as you're listening to this, but it's bringing me to tears. The passion, a decision, and every cell in her body believes that. So tell me, what is the difference between choosing to embody a diva
2: and just putting out an album? I... A diva is someone who has a complete confidence in the direction that they've decided to go. They stand up, they put their chin up. They are themselves. They're not, they're not wanting to copy somebody. Now, Amy definitely inspired me, but I didn't wanna be like her. I wanted to be my own self. I wanted my own sound. I wanted my own look. I wanted to do it myself to the point where I, I hired my producer. I didn't go to a record label and sell myself. I was one of the first artists in Hawaii to create my own record label because I wanted to do it myself. I didn't want anyone to try to put me in a box and tell me, oh, you should do it like this or you should do it like that. No, inside of me, I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted to sound like and I wanted to do it my way. I wanted to... Be my boss. I wanted to be the boss of my life. (laughs) Yes. Like, take me to church. Yes. All of it. Yes. And even after I recorded the album, I still had to take it to be listened to so it could be distributed. And I went to the first one, they were so happy. They're like, oh, actually, Natalie, we're kind of like a fan of yours because we hear you singing with your mom and dad, like, okay. And then when I went in, they began to like take apart some of the things that I had done. And they're like, well, you know, you're just showing us three songs, but we want to hear everything in order for us to decide if we're going to help you to be distributed. Um, I went to another one and they told me, you don't have the backing of a record label, so we can't accept you. And I said, I am my record label. And they said, no, one of the big ones in Hawaii. I said, what difference does it make? This is is me. And they said, well, you're too invested in yourself. Who better to be invested, right? Who else is gonna watch your back? Mm -hmm. And who else is going to work their butts off for themselves? I I can't, I don't want to be a list. I -hmm. didn't want to be like, oh, I'll pick her today and I'll work with him tomorrow or them. I have time for it. No, 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 no. I was willing to put all of my time and effort into my singular CD. The third one I went to, I walked in there and they said, you look really familiar um can you give us a little bit background of yourself and he said oh well i'm natalie and this is my husband and i'm the daughter of Howard Anolana A'i, and i i was a miss and the the man i remember him he was sitting at his desk and on one of those roller chairs and he rolled back and he said I've actually seen your parents' Halal perform. And I said, yeah, they're really cute, those little girls. Yeah, he said, no, I'm not talking about the little girls. I'm talking about you. And he said, oh, yeah, I I usually just sing with my dad. And he said, I'm not talking about your dad. I'm I'm talking about you. And I had given him a copy of the CD, and he slid it down the table and lifted up his hand and left the CD on the side and I couldn't concentrate because I just thought he's going to like talk about my parents and he's not going to accept me and instead he said, I don't even have to listen to your CD. I already know it's good because I've watched you and I said, well, maybe you just want to like listen to one just to make sure and he said no. And he reached and he got the contract and he slid it to me without even listening to it. And I realized that all the times where I thought that I was just the backup and I wanted to be the best backup that I could for my dad, that in doing that, people saw and people listened and people recognized didn't have to be the lead all the time because being a good backup shows your strength as well and that was like the beginning I remember first hearing my song on the radio I I was mind blown in fact I'm still mind blown when I do hear it on the radio (laughs) I'm just like that's me (laughs) 16 years later and I'm still mind blown
1: 16 years later. And how many years between being the backup with your ukulele down approximately to that moment when you just knew that I've I've arrived, like this is, my life has shifted forever.
2: Um, 20 years.
1: Amazing.
2: 20 years, but could I have done it sooner? Absolutely. If I had put my mind to it, if I had said earlier, I want to be a diva, I'm, prob- I'm sure it could have happened earlier, but I'm grateful for every experience that I ever had standing on the side of my dad, for all the lessons I learned that I didn't even realize he was teaching me, for every show we did, every song he taught me.
1: Do you believe in such a thing as overnight
2: success? Uh, lots of people think that I was an overnight success because, you know, literally I came out of, people will say I came out of nowhere, but I beg to differ. That was hours and hours and days and days and months and months and years and years. So I believe that you can have success after you put in the work and you can come out of the blue. And people will say, oh, she just like, she just became a success, but I do not believe in overnight success. Like you just woke up one day and it just happened. It takes work and it takes effort and it takes faith and it takes heart.
1: I love that so much. And that's such a message that I want so many of you that are listening to this to really take that. Into your heart for whatever path that you're pursuing. There's lessons, there's the growth that probably is the big gems. As I'm sitting in front of the diva, you know, she's so powerful because she's grown through things. She didn't just go through these experiences, she's grown through them. And with that comes so much wisdom. And so I want to kind of switch gears into the heart side of things because, you know, we talk about confidence, owning your space, but then also having a safe place to come back to. I think you and your husband are such pillars in the Hawaiian community of like, what a really solid marriage. And I didn't say perfect. I said solid. I wanted to hear a little bit about first, let's just talk about how you met because I think it's the most funny story or I don't even know that's not maybe not how you met, but there's a really (laughs) funny story you shared with me years ago and I always laugh. Um, And then just kind of like, how have you managed to through your success and through the failures and through all the lessons remain such a solid couple.
2: Okay, so the year that I won Miss Alohula, a record label did ask me to put out a Christmas single. So I'm dating myself, right? So there was, was it four songs? Four songs on a cassette.
1: She says dating, but her skin is just like glowing through my computer right now.
2: Like, oh
1: my gosh, I need to get out of the sun. Not going to happen. But anyways. (laughs) I just love the beach too much. You know me. Yeah,
2: Uh, I don't. (laughs) You know what? There's sacrifice in all things in everything that you love. So if that is something that you have to sacrifice to enjoy, then you do it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. But right. you look know, beautiful, honestly. It's you so look sweet. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that to be sweet. Okay, so I released this to single and um, holy smokes, people at the radio stations, they were brutal, mm. but they were being honest and I can appreciate that. They said, oh, it's not that great. But there was one DJ who always played my music. And I called that DJ on Christmas Eve at about 11.40 before midnight. We opened presents at midnight and uh, I'm like the oldest daughter in our family. There's six children, I'm number two. And it was my responsibility to divvy up everyone's presents. And I knew I had to do that soon before midnight, but my mom told me to please call the DJ and thank him for playing my song. So I called the DJ, thanked him, he was super talkative. Um, Of course, he would know who I am because he had the, you know, the single in front of him. So I didn't know who he was though. I was just, you know, thank you, Merry Christmas, trying to get off the phone and he said call me back and I said absolutely I'll call you back and some days passed and it was New Year's and I thought you know this is like a safe way for me to call back the DJ and I called him back to wish him a happy New Year's yes had you seen him
1: before or you just heard his voice
2: I only heard his voice
1: Oh, okay nice
2: yeah and then i called him back and he said um i told you to call me back and i said that's what i'm doing right now and he said well when i told you you you're gonna call me back that night so i waited till three o'clock in the morning at the radio station he finishes at midnight so he stayed three hours and i really thought he was cycled." um I told him I had to go, which was the truth. And he said, well, call me back. And I said, well, not tonight, right? And he said, not tonight. So I got the phone and I went out on my date with my neighbor and thought about that DJ. But um, I'm not easy. Really, I'm not easy. So I, I intentionally waited 10 days. And then I called back the DJ and we began to talk and it turned into every night. And on March 17th, he asked me to marry him. I was not his girlfriend at that time. He just like went straight to, will you marry me? I said yes. And in September of that year, we got married. And that's of people will think, well, that is such a, you know, a rush job. You didn't know what you are talking about. You didn't know what you were deciding. But when he asked me, it actually took about an hour for me to give him my answer. And I kept asking him, why are you asking me this? Oh, I thought he was joking. I would laugh hysterically. <laughs> Just why? And every answer he gave me uh, helped me to clearly make a decision as i looked at him talking to me he said we're very much the same i didn't think we we're the same he said um my mom's a kumuhula your mom's a kumuhula. like okay so hula's great he said you like to sing and i like to sing and like oh okay you like to sing i like to sing all right he said i think you're funny and i said i think you're funny and he said I think you're beautiful. (laughs) He said I was beautiful? What? (laughs) So adorable. I can't. (laughs) I said, well, I think you're handsome. And he said, we go to the same church. He said, we do go to the same church. So I said, okay, fine then. Okay. Just then. That's that's it. (laughs) <laughs> and then he said, are you serious? And I said, "Why are you asking me this question?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it was um, it was something super unexpected, um, but totally right. I
1: get that. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. We, we had a three-week engagement from like, yeah. "Hi, nice to meet you," to fiance. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, I love mean, it. Everyone, you know, you know, you
2: know. Yeah, it's yeah. that trust. So
1: in your relationship, like, you know, what are some of the the highs, you don't have to go into the details of the lows, but maybe just, you know, what has kept the two of you? Because you talk about him as if you just met last week, like there's just still that excitement, you know, that giddiness that so many of us just forget
2: about. No, no, he's, he's my everything. He really is. And I'm really, really so grateful for Eel because he has sat down so many times to allow me to stand. And, you know, usually you think that making someone stand is a bad thing, but no. He actually doesn't mind stepping behind me and pushing me forward, and I really wish that um, you could hear the things that he says to me because he's the person on this earth that knows me the best. And he knows when I'm, I'm scared. He knows when I, I'm beginning to doubt myself and he will lean over and whisper in my ear, you got this, Matt. You're gonna hit that next note, watch. And that's usually during the vamp of a song. And I'll look at him and I'll only see trust in his eyes. And he gives me, he gives me strength. And that doesn't make me weak, that I need someone to tell me that those things actually makes me stronger. He fills me all the time. Um, lots of people told us our relationship would never work. They had no problem coming up to us and saying, you know, your mom is more contemporary and his mom is more traditional and you have two complete different hula styles and how is that even going to happen? That means like one has to be better than the other or you have to push one to the side. And I just, I couldn't even understand why anyone would have the gall to think it much less come up to me and and say it. And I think like at the very beginning, I tried to prove to everyone, look, this is working. Look, yes. Give us that fire nap. Yes. right? Look, this is working. I can make this work, but it actually wasn't working at all. Um, There were so big differences and a big separation between the two styles. And I'm going to be super honest. Both of our families began to separate and try to distinguish what was theirs and what was theirs and what was better and who could do what and who should do what and your children cannot do this and They thought that that was going to make us weaker when it made us stronger, because then we just held on tighter to each other and did never let go of what we fell in love with. I loved that he sang. I loved that he danced. He loved that I sang. He loved that I danced. I wasn't gonna back down um, from that at all. Nope. And I told him, if they're not gonna teach our children, then you're going to teach our children and I want them to be able to do both well. So it's your responsibility. And in doing that, then I had to step back and put trust in him and our children. They are total Jamba juices of both. We put it in the blender Yes. world. Okay. Yes. And they are. And Lots of times we do things and say things to control other people to protect ourselves when keep them in their box keep people in our box yeah and i, I don't like boxes no nope. i i i don't live in a box i live in a circle
1: box- you're an
2: artist yes
1: this is your life
2: this is my life and box when you think of a box there's hard ugly edges and flat turns and I don't like that. I would rather live in a circle of evolution and I would rather Mm. evolve and revolve rather than sit in the center of points and daggers. Mm, No, I, I cannot live like that at all. And so we are each other's biggest supporters. We cheer each other on, both in front of people, which is important, but more importantly, when no one's looking. What everyone sees on the outside is literally us on the inside. There is no faking. And as you can see, this is how Natalie is every day. She has sparkles on every single day. And he has his town country t-shirt and surf shorts on every day. And that's him and that's me. And somehow we make it work and we come together. I don't try to change him. He doesn't try to change me. We just try to make each other better.
1: That is so beautiful. I'm sure along with all the melee that you've written, a book would be amazing as well. (laughs) Because (laughs) that is such great lessons and it's letting go of these ideals around roles and partnerships but it's like doing what's best for you and your soul and the dynamic and breaking cultural barriers even sometimes around expectations I mean even around like religion expectation it's like this is our relationship and our marriage and that's so beautiful so thank you for being open and sharing your heart I could literally ask you questions all day because there's been so much in your career but you know what is some advice you would give to someone who knows that there's greatness inside of them. They can feel it. Maybe they picked up the midweek with Natalie's face on it and they're thinking, could I do this? What is your advice to someone that can feel the callings inside, but is a little bit fearful of what people will think? Will it work out? What would you like to pour into these individuals?
2: Okay. So I'm being honest again. My local radio station plays one of my songs, maybe once a day. I have five albums. They have picked one song. Um, There are some days they don't play me at all. And I have to think, hmm. Do I need the radio station to play me in order to feel successful? No. I can stand in Macy's and I can listen to their playlist as I'm shopping and I'll never hear myself in Macy's on their playlist. I can hear lots of other local Hawaiian artists. Does that make me sad? No, why? Because I went up to the Mauna on Christmas Eve and one of the kupuna, our elders, asked me, Natalie, will you come into our tent? And will you come and sing for me? Absolutely. Went to the car, got our instruments, walked into there. And she said, Natalie, do you know why I love you? Well, first of all, I never knew she loved me, but thank you. That was enough. I could have gone home. Merry Christmas. And she said, because I'll never hear your music while I'm standing in line at the pharmacy ready to get pills for my sick body like, what the heck? She says, I'll never hear you there. I'm going to hear you when I choose to put you on in my car when I'm driving the 20 miles back to my house. Wow. So can you do this? Absolutely. If you're going to look around and wait for somebody to cheer you on and tell you you can do it, it's not always going to happen. You have to light the fire. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of work. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of faith. Build the people around you. Build that circle. Don't get the fakers. Don't get the trollers. Don't depend on the likes on Instagram because, really, come on. At the end of the day, it's you and your pillow. Seriously, it's you Mm -hmm. and your own pillow going to Mm -hmm. sleep at night. So, build your little circle of people that love you, that truly love you, that are going to be honest with you. And when they tell you it's not that good, listen. What can I do better? Listen, if they say, this is fabulous, ask them, how fabulous is it? Scale from one to 10. Is it like a 10? Sometimes they say it's fabulous, but it's a seven. How can that be fabulous? You chose the wrong word. <laughs> that's not fabulous. That's, that's not a lead. I like ask a lot of questions. Like what, what do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Why don't you like it? And then I change. I listen and I change and I try. If you're willing to put in the time and the work, then I would say, step up. Don't wait to somebody behind you to push you up. Take a deep breath. Use your thigh muscles because they're the biggest muscles on your body, and take that step up. Then there's Going to be another step, and you take that step, and another step, and you take that step, and another step, and you keep taking those steps. Don't ever plateau, don't be satisfied on that one step. There's always more steps to come, but there's only one person that can take the step, and it's you. It's only you. Don't expect someone to push you, don't expect someone to drag you. Do it yourself, and in the end. You'll be satisfied with the decisions that you made. You'll be satisfied in the power in everything that you learned, how you grew, and you can say, I did this, I did it. And if you wait for someone to push you, if you wait for someone to pull you, then you're gonna have to listen to them and all of their opinions, and they're gonna put you in their little box. And will you be happy? I don't know. Maybe you like to be in a box. Not me. Take that step.
1: Steps so, up, girl. Step up, girl. Dang. Okay. And this is the final question.
2: Okay. Just
1: because I was going to end with step up, girl. <laughs> but with all the steps, this is your time to celebrate and I want, you know, those of People who maybe have never heard of you, which is probably very unlikely, but like I said, the listenership is outside of Hawaii. Tell me about the Grammys. Like I just want to end with that because I know that you know, I loved how you said I knew where my sense of you know accomplishment came when I went to the Mauna and the Kupuna. And that's what's so beautiful about our people, is it always comes back to Kupuna and source and aina. But I want to. You to be seen. And so Grammy night, walking the carpet, what went through your head?
2: Okay. I'm going to be completely honest. Yes. I was nominated with Kelly E. Reichel, and I knew instantly that the votes were going to be split. And people were calling me. They were emailing me telling me if you pay me $10,000, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to put you in this magazine and get you this ad and I'm going to write this about you. And I stepped back, I stepped back and I said to myself, I can't, I can't do that to Kelly. I love him too much. I respect him too much his art is amazing and if I win I want to win on merit and not because I paid somebody to get this mm-hmm. award and when you go there there's actually two different parties one for the lower people which would be me and one for like Beyoncé and Adele, oh, you don't go to their parties. And then there's two red carpets. There's one for the good people and the not so good people. So I instead made a decision to sit in the theater where the 95 awards are given before you see anything on TV. I decided to sit there in plain view. I wore lace. If you look at me performing, you won't really see me wear lace. I, I don't really wear lace, but I did it intentionally. I'm the Hawaiian Singer. I wore lace. I wore a dress that was more like something I would wear if I was standing next to my dad. I wanted to look different. I wanted to look like Hawaii to the world. I sat there. Artists would come in, wait to see if they one, and then they would leave, not Natalie. I sat there the whole entire time. So anyone who was watching that portion, they had to see me because anyone who won had to walk past me to the stage. I sat there. I already knew I wasn't on the glorious red carpet. So I didn't even attempt it. I got into line, went with everybody else. And you know what? I watched the show. It was amazing. And I came away thinking, I'm good. That recognition of that album was amazing. Is that my dream? No. I wow. want.
1: This is I so want, amazing to hear. Wow.
2: I want to be the best that I can be for my Hawaii. And mm-hmm. I want to make Hawaii proud. And I don't necessarily need a Grammy to do that. Awards to me are nods for my kupuna that are telling me I'm going in the right direction. I didn't get the Grammy. So that tells me that my kupuna are telling me that's not what you need to go after. I'm going to try my best to make good music. If I'm nominated again, I'm very, very grateful. If I win, I'm very, very grateful, but it's not something that I throw out my hook and try to with all my might with all that right. I am paying thousands of dollars to try to win it am I satisfied completely
1: I love that so much that was not what I was expecting which was even better like <laughs> that message and yeah what your kupuna it always comes back to that and I love you and I'm grateful for you and your journey and your willingness to be seen your willingness to sparkle you know, and, and be completely unapologetically powerfully you. You just inspire so many. And I'm just grateful for this time and this space that we got to listen. And I totally know. So if you're listening to this, please make sure you take a screenshot, your takeaways, what you got from this and tag Natalie on Instagram. All of her information and her links will be in the show notes below. But if there's any last words you'd like to share with our audience, this is the time. And I'm
2: again so grateful for you. Um, Words my mom would tell me as I left the house: "Be pretty." She didn't say "be beautiful." She didn't say to sparkle. She said "be pretty." At first, I thought she was telling me to put on my lipstick and to brush my hair, but I have realized that what she was saying was, everything needs to be pretty. Your thoughts, your words, your actions, your heart. Yeah, your hair, yeah, your lipstick. Be pretty.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you loved what you heard and just wanna share it with all your teachers out there, sis, do me a favor screenshot, post, and tag me on Instagram so I can stock your profile and we can connect more. There's so much goodness coming your way. So don't forget to subscribe and I would love it if you left a five-star review so we can grow this space for our wahine. Mahalo for being here. Now get out and show the world how amazing you are.